good afternoon, Matthew. Uh, my name is Stephen Roman, a president and CEO of Global Atomic Corporation. It's really nice to be back here with you to uh, talk markets today. We are going to talk markets. We could be talking about uh, utility uh, agreements being signed by you and how close you are to production. But I want to talk about the market specifically, a lot of nervous people out there, a lot of people risk off. We've got IPOs being, um, you know, stopped in their tracks. Um, so I've got to ask you a question. Why on earth would anyone invest in a company like yours right now? Well, generally speaking, I would say uh, you got to look at a couple of things. One, uh, when markets are volatile and, of course, uh, uh, discounted, let's say, from their peaks, uh, that's the time to be looking at making investments and really companies like ours that have been at the game here in Niger for 17 years and have gone through a very low period after Fukushima, but continued doing all of the advancement of this project, now is the time to get in because uh, we've, we've come down from a high of $5.11 on our shares. We're now probably around $3.63.70. It's been a basically a discount with the rest of the market. But valuation-wise, uh, we've done all the work. We're now moving to production. We've got all our permits. We've got the miners on site. The project's moving ahead. So we'll be one of the first new uranium producers coming out of the gate here in this cycle. And of course, by 2025, we expect to be delivering yellow cake to utilities. So. I think when you look at the, the broad picture, uh, you make money in stock markets by buying the dips. And I think everybody knows that. Right now there's a big dip. So you gotta look at opportunities like this, look at companies that have solid fundamentals, and of course invest in those companies because you know you're gonna profit from that when the markets turn around. Okay, so can I just ask, I just need to say something there. I'd love to get into the fundamentals uh, bit of a conversation with you in a second, but you said something there. It's, what is it, a 17-year overnight success. Is that indicative of, of a good management team having taken that long? Is it partly due to the fact that you know, uranium was kind of off-color, as it were, for, for so long, or does it actually take that long to build a mine? No, it takes a long time. Well, for, for instance, with, with our case, uh, I went to Niger in 2005. We spent 18 to 24 months just looking through old data, looking for opportunities in the Timur Soy Basin, the area where we uh, are, have done our exploration, and, uh, and applying for permits. So that whole process on its own uh, is a two-year process. Then you need to raise money. You need to get in there. You need to start exploring. So... Basically, in 2007, we started the exploration on the ground field work. And of course, uh, in 2010, at the end of 2010, we discovered the DASA deposit. Now, that was a game changer. We had three previous discoveries uh, in the previous years from 2007 to 2010. But the 2010 discovery of DASA was a game changer in that... Uh, it was such a significant new discovery. Now, of course, we managed to raise money at that time because it looked very promising, but then Fukushima hit in 2011. So that dried up the uranium market for 10 years. And uh, meanwhile, of course, a lot of 
junior explorers just downed tools and they stopped working, while we, on the other hand, kept working. So the, the thing is that right now, over that 10-year period, we've advanced the project to the point where now we're going into production. And, of course, we joined up with our sister company, uh, SilverMet, to provide financing during a period of drought in the market. And, of course, you know, as you mentioned, 17 years to get there. Well, most, I would say, from discovery to new mines takes at least 10 years. In the uranium space, it can take up to 30 years. Okay, so my background with Denison Mines, we had a project there called Midwest Lake. It took 30 years to permit that project after discovery and, and uh, doing all of the work. So, you know, if people expect uh, metals, uh, important metals like nickel, lithium, copper, uranium, to just be switched on because they think they need it right now, that's never going to happen. People need to realize that it takes at least 10 years, maybe 20 years to get these things up and running. It's not like drilling an oil well and you stick a straw down to a reservoir and turn the valve and you're pumping oil. It's a much, much different with mining. Mining takes a long time. So what, what we've benefiting from here is that with the 17 years of previous work that we've done here, we are now, uh, and good luck to, to us and our investors that we're hitting the market right. Uh, we, we are advanced. We've, we've now entered a, uh, a bull market for nuclear energy and uranium, and we're ready to go. So they're taking advantage of that. So hang on. So timing is everything. Time, timing is everything. Right. So if we look at the market at the moment, yeah, the thesis is, is hot. The narrative is, is hot at the moment. I want to come back to this contrarian thing. You, I think what you're pushing us towards is saying that a lot of the exploration stories right now are going to take a long time to go through a process, going through a, a series of process to get into production whether that be 10 years or 30 years, what advantage does that give you today, assuming that in the next two years you, you go through the remaining phases and get into production? Well, the fact that we have advanced the project over the last, let's say, in the last 10 years has been the biggest advancement on DASA. But junior explorers that are out there right now, and listen, Rising tide floats all boats, as they say, and if there's a hot uranium market, all the uranium stocks are going to do well. But I think investors at the end of the day have got to do a little bit of due diligence. They've got to look at what they're buying, and uh, if it's total grassroots exploration and it's trading at five cents a share and they make a discovery, well, this, this stock's going to go up. But Will they make a discovery? There's one thing, and I've been in this business for 50 years. There's one thing I know is that uh, out of a thousand or more exploration projects, maybe one of them works out. Maybe one. Okay, so these discoveries are very few and far between. And you can see this by recurring properties that come up every cycle. So these things are recycled. People forget about them. They get new branding and a new company and boom, hey, look at that property. It's back on the market again. So trying to take advantage of the next cycle. 
Well, a lot of projects just don't work out. And I think this is another thing investors have to look at is that across the spectrum of mining projects, there's not there that many that actually make it to production. So what, what we have got here is a company building asset. We found it. We were lucky enough to find it. By the grace of God, we did that, and we brought it to where it is today. And, of course, we're now, uh, we've got 125, 150 people on site. We're ramping up to start mining. We've got our opening blast ceremony on the 5th of November. We're going to have 1,000 people at this uh, event I'm heading to Niger in, in a week, and, you know, we're moving forward. We've got the whole engineering team on site right now doing the final preparations for the mill location and design. So we expect to kick that off in Q1 next year with civil work on site, pouring foundations, building the plant. And, of course, uh, we've signed, as you mentioned, another Agreement for offtake with uh, with another big uh, North American utility, and uh, we've got now a couple of those on board. We expect to have more of those uh, as soon as we can announce the terms on our project financing, which we expect before the end of the year. So this is a project with uh, legs. It's got a, a world class asset, and it's moving towards production. So there's not that many out there that are doing that. No, there's not. But like, likewise, as an investor, I've got choices, and, and you know, I like to be contrarian. I, I like to sort of go, go, you know, swim against the, the the flow of the tide, as it were. Where's the upside for me here? Where's the? If I come in now, am I am I just going to be sitting around, you know, for a while, or you know, rough in or around the same share price? What's going to What's going to move the dial, and how do I make money? Well, I guess a couple of things can move the dial. One is that, uh, of course, we've been knocked down by thirty or forty percent from the highs, so that's a, a good entry point. One point. The other is the rising uh, energy market uh, right now, the, the new nuclear reactors coming on stream over the next five to ten years, the uh, greater demand for uranium to fuel these reactors. Uh, there's not enough uranium out there right now, so there needs to be more supply. It's the same as what happened with lithium. Look at the lithium price right now because everybody started making batteries. Well, the same thing's going to happen with uranium. You're going to have a spike in uranium prices. The last big spike in 2007, the price went up to uh, almost $140 a pound. We're right now at 50. So there's a lot of room. That's going to be a big driver for share price in the uranium space. But uh, also the fact that, uh, you know, as we progress the project and sign up more contracts, we're going to have a company that's going to be generating significant cash flow. And, uh, and of course, the deposit is continuing to grow. So this, this is something that we will do over a period of time is, is continue drilling. We just finished the 16,000 meter program. We extended the size of that. Uh, that's been a tremendous success. We'll have some new numbers out of that in the first part of the year. Um, and, and the deposit uh, is, is well, it is. There's nothing like it been found in Niger before, frankly. Right. So that gives me some sense of what what's to come and the size of the opportunity in front of which you've got to take advantage of in, in the in the you know, time in the market. Um, but I'm, I'm, what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to understand is 
why you versus you know exploration stories is there a degree of certainty that you're giving me and an assurance that you're giving me you know are you trying to be all things to all men or at this point are there certain types of investors which are going to be you know we're going to prefer a stock like yours rather than others well we're we're more of a development story now rather than an exploration story matthew so of course you know when you make a big discovery typically share prices go up quite substantially and then of course if you know the curves on these companies as you get into development they come off and then once you get into development or once you get into production they really get revalued so this is this is the 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 stage we're in right now we're in the development stage as soon as we start producing you're going to see a big re-rating on our share price the key thing is is to get in now when the stock is depressed, and if you if you look at our chart, we've been hanging around this level for a long time. I think we've uh, done better than a lot of other uh, uranium companies. But now, when you get into the production side of things, and people are going to have to wait a year or two, and take their you know pick their spots when they come in and buy some shares, but you're going to have that big re-rating once you start delivering yellow cake. That that's going to be. Uh, a significant change in the company. Okay, I buy that. Some quick company stuff. Um, you, you, some shareholders have exercised some warrants, ten million bucks since we last spoke. Uh, obviously, that's going to help fund the, the the DASA project. You good for money between? Uh, well, when, when when are you announcing this thing? Before the end of the year. So sometime between now and mid December, presumably. Yeah, we're working on the uh, with the banks right now. They've completed their due diligence at site. So there are guys who are writing their reports. Uh, we expect to get some some uh, clarity on uh, the bank package uh, before the end of the year. And uh, we feel that it's going to be probably in the 60-40 range, 60% debt, 40% equity. They're going to allow us to use uh, expenditures from 2021 and all of through 2022 as part of our equity contribution. I don't know what the delta is going to be at the end of that. We're speaking to people that would uh, be interested in a bridge facility subordinate to the banks. We'll see how that all shakes out. But I think that that uh, announcement alone is going to generate more uh, utility contracting. So this is all going to go to uh, further enhance the valuation of Global Atomic. Right. Obviously, the, the deal with, West, with uh, Western Utility, 7% of your of phase one uh, production. These are just kind of like small stats. Once you once you kind of near production, you expect to see a lot more of these contracts signed. Seems to be what you're saying. Well, yeah. I think, you know, some of the d- discussions we've had with utilities, they want to see that our project financing is in place. They said, right. yeah, we're ready to go as soon as you can tell us. Uh, that your mill is proceeding uh, with construction, then we're, we're on board. So we expect that we'll try to sign on, you know, at least a half a dozen utilities uh, and maybe maybe up to a dozen utilities uh, before we start producing. Right, okay. But, but, and your ability to eke out better terms than the current contracts that you've signed will be made easier by having the financing in place would you expect it, to be well able to- that the financing in place is one thing but also the whole idea is as the market moves along we'd layer in these contracts <clears throat> so the utilities that got in earlier 
are going to have probably better terms than ones that be coming in later when the price starts moving up in the uranium market. Right. And how, how, how many of these long-term, what percentage of your future production are you looking to secure in long-term contracts and how much value do you want to try and uh, you know, capture by doing it in a, in a more flexible way? Well, we, we need, uh, I would say, a million and a half to two million pounds of offtake completed to cover all our costs, cover all the bank uh, you know, interests, etc., bank repayments. Uh, the mine is capable, as our feasibility mentioned, about four and a half million pounds a year. I think once we get into production, you're going to have further contracting by utilities because they know, okay, these guys are, are for real. They're, they're a new producer. Uh, of course, we've got that other um, agreement with Arano Mining that has their Somair uh, facility just north of us. Uh, we'll probably start direct shipping some ore up there uh, by 2024. <clears throat> so that could bring in some early cash flow. Again, that helps us with our overall bank financing. We also have in June, sorry Matt, uh, about 28 million of warrants uh, that could be exercised uh, in June. So if we can um, get some dividends coming out of Turkey by March, April, and we've got enough capital on board to take us into Q1 right now. So, you know, we can try to stretch this and see how it all shakes out at the end of the day. We, we are, of course, uh, not keen on issuing more equity, but the banks may demand that we have some additional equity. Right, but there seems to be a sequence of cash flow uh, coming coming in. Whether or not you need to raise equity in the market, that'll be a factor of the negotiations with the we're, debt. We're not raising money at this right, time. Right, for sure, understood. Um, okay, and then, sorry, just on, on the Arano um, terms, is that still in discussion? And if so, when would you be able to actually say to the market, look, here, here's what this deal looks like? Well, uh, I know we've spoken about it a couple of times and uh, we're still speaking with them. They have uh, their own internal process, their own mine plans that they're working on right now. And then they're supposed to tell us how much rock they need, how much ore they need at, uh, at Somair. And uh, of course, once we have that number, we can factor that into our mine plan and then make some announcements to the market. I would expect that's going to happen before the end of the year. Okay. Nice problems to have. Nice problems to have. Um, okay. Um, like, appreciate you coming on today and, and just talking about this. I just want to sort of, you know, ha have a little prod around, a little poke the bear session with you as to why investors should invest in a company at your stage. It will be for some. It may not be for, for others looking for high, high leverage. Um, but at least you're... You're suggesting a degree of certainty given where the stage that you're at. Well, Matthew, I think that there's many different types of investors out there, of course. And uh, the ones that do their due diligence that actually want a, a good long-term asset, uh, something that's uh, going to be kicking out cash for 50 years, uh, they, they would tend to buy a company like Global Atomic. There's other smaller retail investors, you know, three and a half, four dollar stocks, too expensive for them. So they like to buy penny stocks, five cents, ten cents. You know, Australia, they're great because they have uh, companies with two billion shares outstanding and they're trading at a penny. 
And of course, the Aussies tell me, oh, we love buying those because, you know, if I buy a bunch of stock at a penny and it goes up to two pennies, I can make 100% on my money. Well, that's, that's definitely a, a mentality that you can have. It's never really attracted me, but, you know, uh, depends on your investor. So I think, you know, uh, Global Atomic is a solid company. We've got good backers. We've got in good institutional following. Uh, the, the pounds in the ground we have right now are valued at about one or two two dollars a pound. So that's that's ridiculous for a project that's uh, as advanced as we are. When you see other other projects out there that are trading at eight or nine dollars a pound in the ground that are nowhere near as close, they don't even have permits. So you know what? Like, open your eyes, look at what's actually viable. And at least stick a little bit of money into that because, you know, you should have a balanced portfolio and you can buy a few of those high flyers as well. But you got to have some solid stuff behind you as well. You, you, you do. You do. Sorry, remind me, what was your feasibility numbers based on? We base it on a thousand tons per day of mining, uh, producing four and a half million pounds a year, and we use $35 a pound as our base case price, which kicked out about a 22, 23% uh, IRR after tax. At, at $50, of course, that bumps up to almost a, a 45 or 50% IRR. So our contracting right now is, is in, you know, north of 50. Right, important important number to um, look at, folks. Wherever, wherever and whoever you're looking at, you gotta look at the numbers, they tell the truth. Um, Stephen, good to see you. Um, good luck with your trip um, to Niger. Uh, maybe when you get back, give us a shout, okay? Yeah, no, it'd be good, Matthew. And you know what, next time we have a chat, uh, hopefully we can put on a couple of clips of our opening, if that works for you. And uh, it should be quite an event, coming up here on November 5th.